Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's 1135. Kevin Kelly is here, and he is a lunatic. I mean that with all due respect, Coach. That's definitely not the nicest thing I've ever said to you. I was going to say it was. <clears throat> Thank you. Uh, we've been talking about the Super Bowl a little bit and the lead up to it, and we'll get back to that. Michael Felder is on with us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. I'm sure he has thoughts on the Super Bowl, but we're mostly focused on it's, it's kind of signing day. We should start, start calling it kind of signing day. Kind of. Anyway, Michael, welcome. <laughs> Used to be. Yeah, this is – um. You know, we talked about this last week with Barrett, uh, Salee, and it's like, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if we go back to the original or if we just skip this one, but it seems unnecessary to have two at this point, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, it's, and then you mix in the portal, and now what are we even doing? Like, it's, This is not the same as what it used to be. I remember this day being the day, and it was a huge day, and it was a day that, you know, when I was working with Bleach Report, we would be, like, posted up focus we did shows we did the whole deal and i'm going to do a show for blitz report on the app today but it's not it doesn't feel the same as when we were waiting to see where um biggie marshall went after we'd already shot that video but we're also not seeing as many videos right so like we're Mm -hmm. seeing schools do small things but it's not like it's completely changed because remember those all-star games are also kind of mixed into this and they want the commitments and there's there's so many moving pieces and introducing the December date has really changed a lot of things. So I saw this morning one of the major commitments was Jaden Rashada, who was supposedly going to Florida for $15 million, and they decided, well, maybe we won't do that. Now going to Arizona State, and I don't know how much money he's getting over there, but good news for him is he's getting good weather either way. Yeah, and I think that that was because he was committed to Miami until November and then flipped from from Miami to Florida. Obviously, you mentioned the NIL deal, but now it's Hey, I'm going to Arizona State. And Arizona State is a program in wild transition right now, but I guess they were able to. He's listen. He's it, it keeps him a little bit closer to home, if I'm not mistaken. And it, it's going to be interesting. But this is like, yeah, you're. What are we talking about? We're talking about. I think there were four kids in the top 100 that weren't um, committed or weren't. Even, no, no, not committed. That weren't signed coming into the day. Did you look at the uh, – this is completely off signing day. Did you look at the Big 12 schedule? They released it yesterday, and obviously the new additions are in now. Haven't had the departures yet, but you've got the new teams coming in with Cincy and BYU. Um, and who am I missing? What's the other team that's coming in? Oh, UCF. So UCF, yeah. Did you, did you take a peek at that? Anything that stood out about the schedules? I am fascinated by how they handled this because obviously – the OU and Texas fans think that they're going to get hosed every single, you know, like every game. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a, a problem for them. Like they're not going to get the calls that they're used to getting. Um, we'll see what happens because here's the reality. If they can get, and Texas had a really good day today, or not good day today, they had a really good day in December. Um, but if, if Texas or, or Oklahoma can get into the playoff, that still helps the Big 12. So I don't think that they're going to be in trouble. I think what we're looking mm-hmm. at really is obviously the schedule is going to change a little bit, and they've got to do some manipulation there in terms of getting all the teams in. Uh, but when you have BYU, Gad, Houston, Cincinnati, obviously UCF, and you're going to, we're going to get to see it play out immediately. This is one of the fastest changes in college football that we've seen. This isn't, oh, don't worry, Virginia Tech will be in the ACC in two years or three years. This is, oh, by the way, 
We're showing up tomorrow. <laughs> Um, I did notice one of the things about the schedule, and I guess I missed one of those. I knew about one of them, but the some there'll be a lot of Arkansas eyes, Wes, over on the Sooner State in week one next year yeah. because Oklahoma's hosting Arkansas State, and Central Arkansas is playing at Oklahoma State wow. in the opener. Mm-hmm. So, yep. uh, Although most of the people around here, let's be real, will be focused on Little Rock because Arkansas will be hosting Western Carolina that week. Um, okay. Oh, wow, the catamount. How do you think BYU fares, Michael? I mean, it's interesting. They've been... Hanging out, uh, kind of doing their own thing for a long time. How do you think they fare in a conference setting like this? I think they get. I think it helps them get back into Texas. And remember, they're, 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 they, I, I listen. I'll show my age. They're, they were a whack school always to me, right? Mm-hmm. Like WAC, not whack as in like bad, but <laughs> like they were in the whack conference. And I remember that, you know, being a big part of their identity and, and what helped them. I mean, they won a national championship, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like, this is a team that was good. So, I think the big key for them is just going to be they get back into Texas. Um, I don't know what it does for their California pipeline, but I think BYU is incredibly unique because they have this ability to recruit on a national and then an international basis that a lot of schools don't have. And so, for me, with them, I think that them going into the Big 12, is it, it, it cuts down on how much they have to travel. And, and gives them a little bit more resources and a little bit more of the ability to recruit, to have a recruiting base and to, tell, to look a kid in the eyes and say, hey, we'll be here every year. Do you think they'll do anything about the signing day schedule? Man, you know what? Here's the crazy part. And Coach Kelly, I'd love to get your, your kind of rebuttal, your thoughts on this. I think that, if the coaches complain, then we'll see something change. But if the coaches are still happy getting those kids in early and not having to deal with it through December into January, I don't think anything's going to change. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. I, I would. I, I think if you could get somebody to step up and talk about it, I think they would just as soon have the whole thing done in December and be done with it and yeah. push to not have that mm-hmm. second deadline at all. But you know. Everybody, so right now we're in a society where everybody's scared to step up and be the lead guy in, in a major change and say that. And just in case everybody, you know, has some reason why, well, the kids need more time to pick or whatever, whatever. Well, they don't right now. They need more time for offers to come in, for money to come in, yep. you know, that kind of thing. But but uh, I wish they would. I wish because you're right that the, the, the transitory time between that first signing day and the second one is so weird and so convoluted anyway. And I, I, I think you're right. I think I think uh, that if you if you left it up to the coaches, they wouldn't even want the second one. To be honest, just looking at yeah. social media today and Twitter, it is more of a signing day for the Division two schools today. It's yep. it's oh, like absolutely. who's left over. Yeah, that's who. A lot of the kids who are signing. Uh, you see a couple that's going to Arkansas State that's being announced. I think Arkansas had. One, the kid from Ashdown, the tight end that was going to sign today, but Easter. that that was about it. And what you, what I hate to say is is no, and you know you hate to say well nobody cares about Division Two, but but let's be honest, not nearly as many people care about Division Two. Now we all do because we've got ties and different reasons, but it would make it much more fair if the December one was was the FBS one and you were done with it. And then they knew exactly who they could recruit because mm-hmm. the Division Twos hate to spend time. recruiting guys that might be fcs or fbs guys and when they could be recruiting guys that they know for sure will fall to them well if you did that 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 december date and ended it then they know early who they could uh recruit and not recruit and less kids would fall through the cracks on the division two level and they would spend their more time 
and resources. Their money's important to them in Division Two and where they go and recruit. They don't have a lot of money to spend on that stuff, and they don't even know who they can and can't get at this point. I'm I'm in 100% agreement. I, I, here's the thing, and I'm I'm a, I was a tweener kid growing up, right? So I'm a guy that I ended up being a preferred walk on at UNC, but I could have went and played at Navy, could have went and played at Army, could have went and played at Northwestern, could have gone to Wofford, could have gone to Duke, could have gone to ECU. But I was so I was waiting for that UNC offer that just never came. And I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm going to school here anyway. There are so many kids that are on that cusp. And the early signing days, it does force you to make a decision. So these guys, these, we're seeing full classes signed in December. And they're done. They're not looking for anybody. They don't want to add on. The only guys that are, they're looking for is they, they keep, maybe, maybe they keep a spot for a, 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 a McLean or a Deuce Robinson or the, the Jalen Rashada, right? They keep a spot for that five-star kid. But the rest of it, they're done. They've got them. They've got from, 20, from the bottom 25 all the way up to the top two, three kids, and they keep one spot for a guy that might be a star on top of their tree. But the reality of it is now that kid, that those kids that are waiting to see what happens at the bottom, they have, they're, in, they're in no man's land because – if you don't sign with Alabama or you don't sign, let's do, let's do, like if you don't sign at Arkansas, and then you also don't sign at Arkansas State, and they're done, you got to figure out what you're going to do, and you need to take those visits. I think people people consistently minimalize and um, I, what's the word I'm looking for? Marginalize. I, I think marginalize. Yes, they don't realize that. Those visits to whether it's to FCS from a guy that might go FBS when he needs to visit that FCS school, I visited Wofford. It's a great campus, amazing place. It just, I, it also is too close to home for me. My mom would have been there every day. Um, but, <laughs> but literally, <clears throat> but also from from FCS to D two, they you got to take those visits. And if you're not going to take those visits, and that's what that's what December to now should be is. Guys that thought they were going to get this, got told they were going to get that, didn't get it. And then, guess what? You recalibrate and you take these visits to D2 so you know what you're getting into and you understand what's happening. Well, we're talking about that. Let's talk about this quote-unquote PWO thing. Preferred walk-on. Mm-hmm. It is the worst, to me, in my opinion, it is the worst thing that's ever happened in college football for the recruits. Because it comes with no ties by the by the school. It comes with no yep. monetary anything. And these mm-hmm. kids think it's a big deal, and they get up there at wherever they go for this PWO. The coaches really don't pay attention to them, don't know who they are, don't care. They tr- you know, and, and to me, they have almost no chance. Look at the percentage. We're, we're right now at about, and probably less, this was year before last, 20% of all kids that sign with a school finish playing football, and graduate at that school. Okay, Only 20%. Yeah. Everybody's going, well, they're leaving early to go to the NFL. No, they're not. They're just not playing anymore. Or now they're transferring. So the number's way lower right. than 20. So now it's one out of five yeah. that sign are going to finish playing football and graduate there. Well, for a PWO, that's like 1%. And yeah. it just doesn't work out. It's so hard. So a PWO, and, and, and like, you know, let's say you're, you're at, uh, let's say you're at the University of Arkansas, you got a PWO. Or you could go to UCA. As a, right. as a scholarship guy, they're going to give you every chance to make your spot to earn your time 
as a scholarship player. When a PWO, you're not. You're, it's going to take something special. You're not even going to get reps enough to show that you can play or stuff like that. And for a lot of kids, that's a game changer financially. They think PWO means, well, next year I'm getting one. Now, if a coach promises you and you trust him that mm-hmm. next year you'll get one, that's a different deal. They call that gray shirts, different things like that. But yep. for a kid to go as a full walk-on, but they called it PWO, they do. They feel a status and they love that attention, and they love that feeling, and they think it means something special, and it really doesn't mean anything. And that, to me, it hurts kids, and it hurts. I, I wish they would do away with that. That's another way for all the big universities to get free kids mm-hmm. without having to pay mm-hmm. for them and the, with them thinking that, hey, mm-hmm. at least we get to take a look at them. You never can tell. We get a free chance, but if, not, if, if we don't like them, nothing happens. They just mm-hmm. fall by the wayside. So, and here's what I'm saying. I was, I was a PW. I, I absolutely was a preferred walk-on. And – what happened to me, and this is a thing you didn't bring up, but I will bring this up, the transition in the coaching space is another huge part of it. When I got to UNC, we were a cover three defense, and I was a strong safety that came down into the box to play flex zone to wide or flex zone net. And the biggest thing for me was I'm good at this. I can come down in the box. I make tackles. I can do this. And then we were 117th in the country on defense, and my defensive coordinator and my defensive back coach that wanted me there got fired. I will say this, though. You got to figure out who you trust, and I trusted Coach Bunner, and I trusted, and he and he did know who it was, and I trusted Gunnar Brewer. Gunnar Brewer is my area recruiter for UNC. He's now, I believe, at Maryland, uh, coaching their wide receivers. But I trusted him, and he, Coach Brew, he sends me a text message every year on my birthday, mm-hmm. still, and ask about my family. So I think there's some merit there. But I will say this: I went to UNC because I wanted to go to UNC. It had nothing to do with, like, the preferred walk-on status. I wanted to be at UNC. And if UNC wasn't going to offer me, then I was like, you know what? I won't play for it. I'll just go there and go to school. That's fine with me. And I think that's the part – I think that's what you're getting at is kids are using this as a way to get into school. I got into UNC by myself. I got into UNC by myself, and worst-case scenario, I didn't want to play football anymore. I'd still be at UNC no matter what. But there are a lot of kids, and I played with a lot of kids, who you they saw the bright lights of UNC and they were like, okay, I'll, I'll I'll skip over this scholarship money or I'll lose this to do that, and that's not good for all of them. And that's the part that you have to be you have to question. But I also have a couple friends that were um, preferred walk-ons. One of them is a doctor, and he wouldn't have gotten there without you know that preferred walk-on status at UNC and getting that early access to classes and all those things because there are still some benefits. But I totally agree with you. If the only reason you're going to a school is because they call you a quote-unquote preferred walk-on, you're making you, you're probably making a mistake. Yeah, and I and, and and I'm with you. If they can use that to get into a school they want to go to, or if they want to go to that school, if you're if, right. if Arkansas offers you a PWO and you want to go to Arkansas, be a Razorback. Hey, have at right. it. We that's, see it every year. That's your dream. That's all sure. fine and good. <clears throat> but you need to know what it comes with. You know, I wish they'd tell them what it yep. comes with, and that means hey, there's no promise of scholarships. There's no promise of right. anything. You come up here and work. You know maybe maybe you get a chance in practice. Michael, you were sitting there weighing a full ride at Duke and. A- Walk on at North Carolina, you're like, this is a no-brainer. <laughs> Let's go Tar Heels. It worked out for you, but that Duke thing sure sounds pretty good. It, oh, it would have been, yeah, absolutely. But I just, I couldn't imagine, I wait for us as well. I couldn't imagine myself playing against UNC. If we're being, like, if I we're love being that. completely honest. Yeah. Like, I couldn't imagine myself playing against the place I wanted to be. Yeah. That was the reality of my situation. Like, same thing with East Carolina and 
And my folks didn't want me. My, my parents both went to ECU. They didn't want me to go to ECU. Yeah. It, it's, so, it's, you're, you're, I mean, that's the thing I love about you, though. I mean, that's in this day and age where guys play three or four, sometimes four years for a school and feel no loyalty to that school at the end of their career and they just go play somewhere else, sometimes at a rival yeah. school and it doesn't bother them. It's just, it's weird to me. And you are, you know, again, I align much more closely with, I don't know how you don't build some kind of, you know, connection to that school while you're there that long. And it's one well, thing if you're getting screwed over. It's one thing if you're not playing. Well, and you weren't even there yet. The you're, you got that. That's the whole thing. It's now I don't feel like a huge allegiance to UNC. I had it growing up because my grandparents uh, loved UNC and my dad loved UNC and my uncles loved UNC. And then I got there and I realized, you know, this is just college football. And after I left UNC, um, we had the scandal. And the scandal was very clear that they dumped on the football team to protect the basketball team. And that's when I kind of took a huge step back. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, you guys are the same as everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> if I was the NCAA king right now, I'd say the only people that can offer a PWO are the in-state schools to the in-state player. Yeah. That way, if you're yeah. if it doesn't work out for you, you're still at Arkansas. Right. I mean, or you know, or you're at Arkansas State, where well, you're at home, thing, and, and that kind of stuff. Think about Nebraska. Like, think about Nebraska. Think about Texas A&M. They have like a robust walk-on program. Kansas State as well, and it is built from that state. Those kids go there and they want to be there. And I think that's the difference between. I think that that's what it should be, mm-hmm. and it's not what it is. Yeah. Hey, we got to run, Michael. That's a very uh, interesting okay. yeah. conversation. We took a took an interesting turn there, but that was very enlightening. I appreciate the time, my friend. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Send me no. that audio. You know what? I think I think Coach Kelly inspired me. I think this is what I'm going to write about for tomorrow. Look at you, Coach. That's the nicest That's thing Michael's nicest ever thing said. Michael's ever said to me. There you go. All right, buddy. I will. Uh, I'll send you the link. All right. All right thanks, Thank buddy. You. All right, Michael, See you, Michael. Felder.